You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. So now I am going to quickly, not long-windedly, introduce Dr. Susan. Dr. Susan was brought into my life years and years ago, uh, actually a connection through Adam Reynolds. And him and I happened to be working together one, one late night as I was working two jobs to, uh, when we first started uh, Revive the World Ministries because, uh, because uh, we didn't have enough money. <laughs> That's the only reason you work two jobs, right? And so I found, out, uh, found a lifelong friend in, in Adam. And then found this uh, light. You know, have you ever felt, you know, if you are affected by, who's affected by dreary days? You know, you're affected negatively by dreary days. A lot of people actually are, you know, unfortunately. Um, but when Dr. Susan, I was thinking about this this morning, when you were brought into our lives, it's like, that, it's like that day after a series of dreary winter days in the sun shining. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening, but this is going to be really good. And I had no idea at the time that the connection to you would, would so deeply impact not just Lindsay and I's lives, but so many people and the Revive the World family and so many people around that I, I get to run with today. So thank, thank you, Susan, for, for being everything that you are and uh, ultimately being an incredible example of what it looks like just to, to love Jesus and be loved by him. So if you would, welcome Dr. Susan as she comes. Well, I will freely confess there's this itty-bitty part of me that feels like, wow, it's already been a wonderful service, you know. Uh, Go home. Um, But the Holy Spirit is saying, not yet, darling, not yet. So I'm just going to be me, and what that means is I I am not one if I'm at the beach. I'm a beach girl. I grew up down south. I am not one that just tiptoes into the water. You know what I mean? I think you just dive in. So um, I have this thing where I want to honor your time this afternoon and your afternoon with family and friends. So I'm going to dive in fast. And may the Holy Spirit come upon you. May the Holy Spirit rise up within you so that your mind will be silent. You will not think. May your heart be still so that you can meet him heart, spirit to spirit. It is written, eye has not seen, ear hath not heard, nor has it entered the heart of the mind of man, what God will do for the one who loves him. But the Spirit reveals it. But he does not reveal it to your mind. And he does not reveal it through your emotions. The highest things of the kingdom are received only spirit to spirit. So may you awaken 
and I'm going to ask you to briefly agree with me in a child prayer. You'll just put your hand over your heart and say, Oh, Holy Spirit, please give me the power to receive all the love that you have for me. Amen and amen. Every moment on this earth, regardless of what it looks like to your mind and your emotions, is an open heaven. It is a misnomer to think an open heaven is only when you're tangibly feeling the glory. Every moment, every nanosecond that you are alive is an open heaven. Because the earth is full of his glory now. And it is written that the steadfast love of the Lord fills the earth. But we are used to living from our soul. And so we do not live in that life-giving realm. We tap into it like running to a buffet and then going home when the food is still there. But most of us don't know how to do the spirit and soul dance so that our mind and our heart, everything from our past, our present, every bit of knowledge within us, either about Jesus or about the word, about ourselves, about others, about events, every bit of knowledge inside of us that was received apart from his relationship may be dethroned and cast out and cast down so that the only paradigm, the only knowledge, the only perspective we have is that which we've received in intimacy with him. And so the soul spirit dance, it's really not something most places really talk about. And it's not something you can talk about in a skinny message today. Listen to this, if you will. It's in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces to the division of your soul and of your spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God is not what most of us think it is. For John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God and was with God. We are told that the word was made flesh, in Jesus, and that he was the word incarnate. But if I can give the analogy, H2O is water, and you pour it, and it takes the shape of whatever vessel you pour it in. That's the way it was when God laid his son down. He son laid down his godliness as well, came to earth, and filled up the form of a little baby. But it's still water, 
if it's an ice cube, that's still water, and he has tangibility and form in heaven now on the throne. But it's still water if you heat it up and it's steam. This is, this is not a book. This is the steam of the Lord. This is no different than if you're drawn up in heaven and see him face to face. Although our soul gets more excited about that. It says that this word is alive because it is Jesus in a realm that the soul cannot comprehend. So we come to this book usually with our mind and we study it and we study it and we study it. That is wonderful. We need to do that because the word in our mind renews and transforms our mind. We come to this book and sometimes it stirs, it comforts our heart. That's good because we want the word to saturate our heart. Charles Spurgeon said, I want to soak and take a bath in the verse until it's absorbed in me. But then there are times that we come and we come spirit to spirit. And that's a totally different position. When you hold this spirit to spirit, you realize this is not a book. This is the beloved one who wants to spend eternity with you. And he's opening up his heart and he's saying, this is my journal. There have been billions and billions of things I've been involved in in the earth since creation. But these are the ones that were on my heart to share with you. And as John said, I said more words and did more miracles than all the books in the world could hold. But these are the ones I specifically wanted you to know. So it's like you're holding the journal of the one who loves you more than anyone else. And so you look at a verse and you look at a story and now you're not studying and you're not trying to be encouraged yourself. You're coming and going, Jesus, you you wanted me to know this particular healing story. What did you want me to know about you? And if your mind goes, well, he heals all people and he delivers, you're not in your spirit. Jesus, you gave me this verse. What do you want me to know? If your mind goes, well, it means this and this and this, you're not in your spirit. Spirit is that intimate place where you're so in the now with him that you have no clue what anything means. And you're holding it like. And it's taking that this is his personal journal. He handpicked these stories, these verses, for you to know him in a way no one else knows him. You see, when we study, 
we can agree on what verses mean or what this means or what this principle is. When we speak from our heart, we can agree, yes, that comforts me, that comforts me. But when you meet him spirit to spirit, there is such a holiness about even coming near this book that you're like, are you kidding me? You, the one on the throne, the holy one that John could not even look at. You see, in our holy imaginations, we see Jesus. In our holy imaginations, we sit on the Father's lap. That's real. His presence will meet you. Just do not be deceived. No one can see him and live. Do not think that's who he is. Do not bring him down to your holy imagination. That is him humbling himself again to come down and meet you where you can meet him. But John, who had seen him even post-resurrection, saw him and fell like dead. We have to know the balance of he condescends to meet us in those visions. He condescends to meet us in that holy imagination. And that is really him. But do not be deceived to think I saw the father or I saw the son. He skinnied himself up to fit into our tiny little place inside. And so there are times when you come to this book, you come in awe and holy, holy awe of like, this is the personal journal of the king of glory that I cannot even look upon him without falling like a dead person. This, this is he that all nations will bow to. And he wants to tell me his heart. On a realm my mind cannot receive, my heart cannot receive, only spirit to spirit. That's the place. That's the place where Jesus says you live by every word of God. Spirit to spirit is where the word so captures you. You get one step away from your soul and one step deeper into being a new creation. Our soul carries everything we've learned in this earth, all our hurts, our wounds, our lies, our knowledge, even what we think is true, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It carries that. And it's been changed to some degree as you've walked with Jesus. But you still have an improved earthly personality that has built-in roadblocks and obstacles to his fullness. But we think we got it, and so we don't do the soul-spirit dance. We don't believe we can really be whole. We don't believe that the blood was enough. The journey with the spirit who's always been with us can guide us through the landscape of our soul. The God who holds time inside of him 
holds past, present, and future and can go back and make anything like it didn't happen. He can go back and cleanse, retake the land of your soul so Satan doesn't have a lease on even one thought of you or one cell in your body. But it doesn't happen by going, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. No, you're not. Professing it does not make you a new creation. You've got to do the gut-level journey because you're no better than the Christ himself. And the Christ himself did his journey. And a lot of it the Father hid in confidentiality because it's none of our business. He hid his painful childhood. And he's like, well, Susan, why would you think his childhood was painful? Because when he started preaching, his mother and his brothers came and said he's insane and tried to haul him home. That's in the Gospels. That doesn't just happen in one day. That's an atmosphere he grew up in. And he grew in statue and wisdom and grace. And that word for wisdom was, as a little boy up, he grew in his intimacy, his relationship with the Father. Some of you were at a conference I did a couple of weeks ago, and I shared that um, only in the last few weeks, the Lord showed me something that I had never seen before. And you know the story. It's in John chapter 4. And Jesus and the disciples are weary, and they haven't eaten. And Jesus sits down to rest, and the disciples have this image in their mind of he's weary. We need to go get food for him and us. They leave and go get food. You know the story. This woman comes. But when the disciples return, they're like, you don't look the same. You don't look weary and hungry, and weak. Who fed you? The woman at the well fed him. Not with food. He said, you know, the Father and I are one. And we're looking for worshipers in spirit and truth. And the woman came in spirit wide open. Where do we worship? Are you a prophet? Are you a Messiah? I want to know you. She comes in spirit, but she comes in authenticity and goes, yeah, I've had four husbands. And yeah, this is me. And, and, and she meets him with no pretentiousness, no hiding of her soul stuff. And he's fed. He's like, finally. No one's trying to pretend they're this. She's just being real with me. And it fed him so deeply that even physically he looked different when the disciples came back. He wants the spirit-soul journey where we're honest. This is, this is where my soul is. I'm not tucking, tucking, tucking it away. Here, let's bring it all out on the table and here's the spirit will you wash over me there is um, there's a beautiful passage which you all know 
which you all know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's in Ephesians 3. Catch the context. Here is our beautiful brother, Paul, who was in the desert for 13 years dealing with his soul stuff. From killing and hating and raging against Christians. You see, he had a healing journey too. If you look at Paul's epistles, they're saturated with the soul-spirit journey of how to become a new person, completely new. And so in this passage, Paul is, is in prison, and he's aware everybody's ashamed of me because I'm not getting the miracle and getting all delivered. And, and the body of Christ was starting to get ashamed of him because it wasn't a good testimony. It didn't sound real good to say, nope, Paul's still in prison. Didn't fit. The fervor, you know, didn't fit the fervor. And he said, I know you're ashamed of me. He said, but he's sitting in prison and he's with the Lord. And I'm sure he's remembering the times when he's been beaten and stoned. And the times when he's seen the baby body of Christ have nicks and bruises and think they can blend it and a little of the soul I'm good with this and a little bit of the spirit and he just saw it all you know he saw the truth of us all of us and from this confined prison he lifts up his eyes and he says I have learned this I have learned that above all our earthly soul and spirit dance I have learned that up here in the heavenlies, the archangels and the angels and the powers and the principalities of darkness are learning the manifold wisdom of God from us because none of them have ever known salvation. None of them have had the spirit of God in them. None of them know the intimacy that we're invited to. That's why in the book of Acts, these powers and principalities of darkness, they're looking down and people start doing deliverance. Da, 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 and they get all beat up by the demons. And the demons say, look, we've been watching from up there. Paul, we know. We don't know you. We haven't seen any wisdom of God come off of your life. So we're not too scared about you. And you think, are you kidding me? What kind of honor? He is trusting you and me to do that spirit-soul dance so we truly don't just grow in the glory and the anointing, but our soul becomes so healed, we authentically know how to love. And the Father says, I'm banking on you. I will not teach the angels, and I will not teach powers and principalities. They will learn by watching you. And Paul says, that's, that's our task, body of Christ, 
to so manifest the fullness to one another that even angels and powers and principalities, do you know the angels are strengthened according to our revelation? So Paul has this heartache. He's like, you can feel his heartache. He's weeping for the body like, you can be a new creation in your soul, in your spirit. You don't have to be divided, please. And he says, for this reason, I collapse on my knees. I absolutely collapse. And all I can think about, he says, are the families in heaven and earth that the Father has a special name for. And the families are your biological family, the families of God, the families of believers who become families. But the Father has a special name for all of you. He said, but I am I'm so overcome. I just don't even know how to pray. So I'm just going to pray according to the riches of his glory. According to his faith, his wisdom, his revelation, his goodness, his glory. I'm not even going to pray out of my heart of love for you. It says I'm praying out of him. And he says, this is what I pray. I pray that in the depths of you, you will be strengthened in the Holy Spirit. You'll be strengthened with the love of God. Now, it's interesting because he didn't say be strengthened in your spirit to know love. He said be strengthened in your inner being, which is another word for your soul. May the love of God with great power hit your soul. So that beyond yourself, you may ascend in revelation to know the heights and the depths and the widths and the breadth of his love that you, we can't even begin to imagine. And he uses a strange word. He says, so you may comprehend, you may grasp all of this, of his love. And then Christ will dwell in your so, so let me take a little side so you can see the power of what he's saying. He's saying, I know you know him in your spirit. But because your soul is still bl blended and wounded, it's like the bridge between your spirit and soul. You've put up an obstacle course. And so the dwelling of Christ is over here in your spirit, but you're not living out of it in your soul consistently. You're kind of in and out. And so out of love, he goes, I don't know how to pray for this, Father, but I'm praying according to your goodness. Let the power hit their soul, their inner being, their heart. You think, well, what's the power for? That word for comprehend is actually katalambano in the Greek, and it means to so quickly overpower an enemy they cannot defend themselves. It's used in John 1 when it says the light overcame darkness and darkness was confounded. It's a military term. But we don't know why English people 
translated it comprehend. When it's overcome in other places in the New Testament. And do you know what it's to overcome? It's to surpass the knowledge. I'll read this scripture to you in a minute so you can put the pieces together. But the picture is when I welcome his power into my soul to fill my soul with his love. That it comes and it comes to clear that bridge of everything of knowledge that was detached and had nothing to do with relationship with Jesus can be the knowledge of legalism, the knowledge of things in your head of what you think about yourself or people think about you, or the knowledge of how to do this and how to do that, that that love comes in and destroys the dependency upon all knowledge that is not birthed in his love for you. And he says, when that's done, the bridge is open and the fullness of Christ is in your spirit. And now, it's in your soul. And all the things of this earth are no longer in your soul. And now, he said, you have the fullness of Christ within. Listen to it. The English puts the sentences upside down, so that's why it's a little hard to catch it. For this reason... I collapse on my knees before the Father, who out of love every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray according to the riches of his glory that he, he may grant you to be strengthened with power in his spirit in your inner being or in your soul so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you will be rooted and grounded in love. And if you're rooted and grounded in love, there's no room for anything else to grow up in your soul. And now he's going to tell you how that happens step by step. That you may have the strength to comprehend, to katalambano, to gain power with all the saints. You will have the power with all the saints to understand the height, the breadth, the depth, the the fullness, the fullness, and to know intimacies, the word of a husband and wife, to intimately know this word and the word made flesh, spirit to spirit. You may know love from that source that will surpass knowledge, the Greek is, that will overcome and triumph over all knowledge. And that word knowledge there is what is mental insight and dependency separate from a relationship with Jesus. It's just cast out. So that you will now be filled with the fullness of God in your spirit and in your soul. And he says, when you're willing to do that journey, then now, Whenever you say, I'll do that journey, Jesus, he says, now you will be able to understand to him who is able 
to do exceedingly and above all you could have asked or thought because almost 100% of believers think this personality that's been earthly infused is a God-ordained personality, and it's not. It's not biblical. New creation was not a tease. God does not tease. This is now by the power in you. <laughs> Jesus constantly lived this. See, he was human. His soul took hits. And he constantly was calling out, let the love Father dwell in. Paul's epistles, he did this journey. We could go through biblical character after character. And if you open your eyes, they did the soul spirit journey. Let me say this in closing. Because I know I'm running out of time and I want to be respectful unless the spirit leads otherwise. Even now, 24-7, Jesus is praying for you. Not because you're so needy of prayer. He's praying for you because he's in need. Did you hear the difference? He's not praying for you because you're so needy. You're saved. You'll go to heaven. He's praying out of his need. Because he... And the Father and the Holy Spirit have one dream and one dream alone. That the whole world may know him. And there's only one place in all of scripture where he says, if you do this, the whole world will know me. And it's in John 17 when he says, Father, I pray they'll be one with us and one another. So the whole world will know me. But we can't really be one with him fully when we got this soul and spirit division and then our soul hurts bump up against each other's hurts and that's normal that's real life but you you pursue the journey and as you do then what happens is you discover you have a god-given dna inside of you that nobody else has today's not the day to go into it but suffice it to say, the Father has put a DNA in you that no one else carries. We don't carry the same DNA of God. You carry a way to reveal and carry the love of God that no man has ever carried in the history of the world. He is the creator God, and he perpetually is coming up with new ways to love. And every time he thinks a new way to love, a spirit is created and put inside a little infant in a mama's womb somewhere. Before you were in your mama's womb, he put inside of you a unique way to love. That's why Paul says, I have one rule in the church. Everyone walk according to their individual calling. He said, that's my only rule. Don't be like anybody else. And the more we're healed, the more that DNA comes out and then 
we all begin to awaken and know, well, this is the way I show love. This is the way God's made me. And then we're all loved from so many angles and so many different ways. Not only are we getting safer with each other, but we're unveiling each other's DNA and encouraging each other. Go to the next place. Go to the next place. The Father's calling you. Go. And then you see our prayers are in a different realm. And if I can be so bold, the more we do the journey, our soul and our mental health is in a different realm. And at least someone listening would misunderstand it. I'm not saying any mental health issue is a result of not doing the journey. That would be a life in the pit of hell to somebody who's listening. It means we all have mental health issues. It's a mental health issue if you just get a little anxious or you're fearful. It doesn't have to incapacitate you. According to God's heart, he has mercy for that. But he wants us to be living in peace. So I'm going to cut it off or else I'll dive into another place. So Father, Father, these are your children. The ones that you adore. May they ask for the power to swing wide the door and to say, yes, Holy Spirit, give me the power in my soul to receive love and let it become such a power in me. It overthrows everything I think, believe, and feel that did not come from you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, may they invite you to not just dwell in their spirit, but to saturate their soul until their mind and emotions and will are truly being transformed and transformed and transformed until there is no smell of smoke upon us from living in this earth. And then when we get bumped up against, we run to you, as you said in John 13, and, and say, wash my feet, Jesus. Something tried to cling to me today. For it is your heart that we will know life abundant and free. And you bless authenticity in spirit and in soul. For in the places of truth, you are fed, Messiah, and we are transformed. I bless this people with an uncommon journey with you of wholeness. An uncommon journey of knowing you in their mind and their emotions, but also spirit to spirit. I agree with your prayers for them. That each one will feel the freedom to know they have a DNA of how to show love no one has ever had. And it's worth the spirit soul dance to uncover it for freedom and fullness is your inheritance. In the name of Jesus.
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.